You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. If you've been here much at all over the past, um, uh, really over about the past month, you're familiar with where we're at in 1 Kings chapter 19. There's been a lot of preaching um, from 16, 17, 18, and 19 over the past few weeks around here. Uh, just not with me, but Brother Heath Williams also. Look in verse number 10 of 1 Kings 19. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, uh, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets um, with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Um, Elijah's at a very dark time in his life. We know the story. He's run to the juniper tree. He's collapsed at the juniper tree. Uh, God's gave him bread and water or a cake and water and he's gone 40 days in uh, the meat of that. And um, he comes here into verse number 10 and he says, everybody's just quit serving God. That's what he says. He said, everybody's just thrown in the towel. Everybody's just walked away. There's nobody else that's wanting to do anything for God. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever been at that point where it seemed that everybody else was just quitting and you thought, man, why should I even continue serving God? Go with me to verse number 18 for the sake of time. The Bible said this, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. You know what happened? Elijah said, everybody's quit. Everybody's thrown in the towel. Everybody's just going to quit serving God. And God said, hey, Elijah, I've got 7,000 that's still standing. <laughs> I've got 7,000 that's still standing for what's right. And I want to preach on this thought for just a few minutes tonight. I try my best not to be long, but I want to preach on this thought. There's still a few left. There's still a, a few left. Hey, we, we might be the minority, but there's still a few of us left around. There still is a crowd that does want to serve God. There still is a crowd. Oh yeah, there still is a crowd that's longing for God. Lord, I pray that you help us tonight. I pray, God, that you get glory to your name through the preaching of thy word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. Many of you know the story of Elijah here. You that don't, for the sake of time, let me give you just a little bit about it. I'm not going into great detail, but let me give you a little bit about it. Elijah here has um, walked before the king and told him that it wasn't going to rain anymore. And then Elijah leaves and God takes him and uh, hides him down by the brook Cherith. And chapter number 17 is covering uh, around uh, three years in the life of Elijah. Uh, Now for that to happen, he spent probably, uh, I personally think in my studyings around two of those years down down by the brook Cherith. God leads him out of the brook Cherith because the water dries up and takes him to 
path. There at Zarephath in chapter 17, uh, you find that God has prepared a widow lady uh, uh, to take care uh, of Elijah there. She takes care of him there. Her son dies and in the providence of God, God has a man there uh, ready to help her. Elijah prays over her son uh, and he raises from the dead. You'll find that Elijah goes back in uh, uh, to Ahab uh, and he begins to talk to him. Chapter 18 shows uh, uh, the great showdown on Mount Carmel and Elijah prays there on Mount Carmel and the fire of God falls from Mount Carmel. Elijah has been uh, on an all time high in his ministry. Quite possibly uh, uh, the highest point uh, in Elijah's ministry was Mount Carmel. He has saw the fire of God fall. He has saw God do miraculous things uh, on uh, Mount Carmel. But you find in chapter number 19, uh, he comes off of that great spiritual high and goes into a state of depression. In chapter number 19, matter of fact, he runs out and hides himself underneath the juniper tree uh, and even becomes suicidal. He said that he wished that he was not even alive. Uh, but God sent the angel of the Lord to him uh, in his uh, time of need uh, and coming down the road was Jesus uh, uh, right on time. Can I say this to you? He is on time uh, every time. It don't matter what the need is. Uh, it don't matter if you think he's running behind. Uh, uh, God is always on time. And he comes to Elijah uh, right on time. Elijah gets the strength that he needs uh, uh, but then immediately begins having another pity party. He says, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one serving God. I'm the only one doing anything for God. Everybody else has tore their altars down. Everybody else has thrown in the towel and quit. And God rebukes Elijah. And he says, no, you're not the only one. I've got 7,000 that's still standing for what's right. Hear me and hear me well. In the day in which we live today, it may be times that we feel uh, that we are the only one. It may be times down at the schoolhouse uh, uh, that you think I'm the only one uh, uh, that's trying to live right. They may be times over there at the job house uh, that you think, man, I'm the only one uh, trying to serve God. I'm the only one trying to live right. They may even be times down uh, at the church house that you think I'm the only one trying to stand uh, and live for God. Preachers, hear me and hear me well, there will be days that it seems that we're the only one that's still taking a clear stand on sound doctrine and doing what's right. But I come to report to you tonight, God still has a remnant of people. There still is a group that seeks God. There still is a group that is wanting the things of God. I want to preach on this thought. There's still a few left. There's still a few left. Hey, we're not in this thing alone. Yeah, man, we're not in this thing alone. There's still a few that's left. Let me show you four things and we'll go home. That's three. Four things and we'll go home, all right? Number one, I would say this, just a simple little topical thought tonight. There's still a few left that love His book. That love His book. There's still a few left that loves this blessed old book right here. Can I tell you something? I love my Bible tonight. Can I just tell you something? There's no other book. It's not a book. 
Let me just say it that way. The Bible said this about itself. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what that quick is? It's not that it's fast. It's like the quick of your fingernail. It means that it is alive. And can I tell you something about the Word of God tonight? It is alive tonight. It will pierce you. It will convict you. It will comfort you. It will correct you. There's still a few today that loves this blessed old book that I hold in my hand. I'm glad there's still a few left that loves this book. I thought about this. Psalms 119 is known as the Word of God chapter. Think about this with me. Psalms 119 says this, And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, I'll lift my hands up to the Word of God. Let me tell you what happens when a preacher gets to preach it and he's in the book and he's preaching what's right. You lift your hand to the Word of God. You say, Amen, preacher. That's right right there. And if he's in the book, we ought to exhort him. We ought to raise our hand to him. We ought to say, Preach, preacher, preach. You ought to have the man of God when he's in the book. There's still a few left that love his book. Listen what else he said. He said this, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. (laughs) You know what David said? He said the Word of God is better than thousands of gold and silver. I'm just talking about the Bible tonight. What about this? Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalms 119.97 He said I love oh yeah I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. You know what happened the night you got saved? The Holy Ghost convicted you but let me tell you the reason why. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. Let me tell you the reason you ought to love the Word of God tonight. It's because it was the Word of God that found a lodging place. Oh yeah! Deep down inside your soul and convicted you of your sin. He said, I love the Word of God. And I thought about this. Psalms 119.103 How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Oh yeah, I like honey. Somebody say amen. I like honey. And if there's nights that we don't have eggs and tater tots, and I sure hope we do tonight, but if we don't, Leslie will fix some oatmeal. She don't put no sugar in it. She puts honey in it. And tell you the reason why? Because it's better. It's better for you. Tell you the main reason why? Because she's a nutritionist and it's natural. But can I tell you something? I like honey. I can just take honey and eat it. I remember my daddy. My daddy used to take the honeycomb. He'd take a spoon and he'd get that honeycomb. And he'd put it in his mouth. And for an hour or two, he'd walk around chewing on that honeycomb. You know what he's saying? He's saying, man, that's sweet. You know what the psalmist said? You know what David said? He said the Word of God. Oh, 
yeah. The Word of God is sweeter to my taste than honey is to my mouth. Hear me and hear me well. When you're down and out, that's just something about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of God forever. There's something about the Word of God. I'm glad there's some that still loves the Word of God tonight. Oh yeah, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Psalms 119-127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. Yea, above fine gold. I come to this conclusion. The reason that David was a man after God's own heart is because David loved the Word of God. There's still a few, there's still a few that love this book. But can I say this tonight? There's still a few that's longing for revival. There's still a few that's wanting revival. I'm just going to reflect because that's what we do when we talk about revival. I'll never forget 2016. I'll never forget it. To the day I die, 2016 will be etched in my memory. Matter of fact, at the house, I've got a blue Oxford Schofield just like this. And in the front of that blue Oxford Schofield is just about every preacher that came through that meeting's signature. I put it up at the house after that five weeks. I led I don't know how many people to the Lord out of that Bible in that five weeks. Boy, I sat on that great old big platform and watched literally as 1,502,000 would flood into that tent. And as the altar call would start, and they'd run to that altar, and people would begin to get saved. Hear me and hear me well. I long for that. I remember the beginning of 2016. I remember the beginning of 2016 right here at Amazing Grace. It broke out right here in the beginning of 2016 for two weeks. We packed over 500 in our church and that's before we tore all of these walls out. There was people getting saved and people getting right with God. Hear me and hear me well. May God birth that in our soul again and may we long for that one more time. Oh, He said, I'll pour waters out upon dry grounds. That's where we're at. And if we long for Him, if we beg God to do it again, He said, call unto me, and I will answer thee. May God help us to long for revival again. Oh yeah. There's still a few that's longing for revival. I want to see it again, Brother Aaron. I want to see it again. We talked about it the other day, the past few weeks, Brother Aaron and I got to spend quite a bit of time together working over at the offices for mercy and truth in Foothills. And we was talking about it the other day. Man, I long for that. Hey, hear me right here. If it happens over at another church of like faith, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get in on it. I'm going to go get in on it. I want it to happen here, but if it's not going to happen here, if it's going to happen down the road in another church, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get in on it, man. I'm sick of jealousy. I'm sick of envy. I'm sick of all of that junk. We're not in competition together. I just long to see the move of God. One more time. There's still a few left. 
There's still a few left that love the book. There's still a few left that long for revival. Let me show you something else. There's still a few left, and don't fall out with me right here, and don't get quiet, but there's still a few left that labor for souls. That labor for souls. Listen to this. They that sow in tears shall. Do you hear that word, shall? When God says shall, you can take her to the bank, baby. It's going to happen. Listen to this, Psalms. 126, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing a precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know what he said? He said, if you'd go forth weeping and bearing precious seed, he said, you will come again. You will come. Amen. I thought about this. Here you go, preachers, write it down. I thought about this. There's four things revealed about a soul winner right here. Here it is, number one, there's a broken heart. He that sows in tears. He that goeth forth weeping. I thought about this, there's busy feet. He that goeth forth. I thought about this, there's a Bible message. Bearing precious seed. Amen. Amen. Hey, look. We may go hunting, we may go fishing, we may talk about something else to break the ice. But the main reason of knocking on doors is bearing precious seed. Whoa, yeah. I thought about this. There's a blessed result. (laughs) That'll preach, by the way. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to take that out and build a whole other message out of it. There's a blessed result. He said they will. Come again. You know what? It never fails when we have visitation. We have visitors. Never fails. You mean tell you the reason? Because there's still some people that that'll labor for souls. I thought about this. I told you I wasn't going to be long tonight. Number one, there's still a few that love the book. That love the book. There's still a few that long for revival. There's still a few that labors for souls. But I thought about this. There's still a few that likes the glory. There's still still a few that likes the glory. They like the glory. There's still a few that likes it when the choir gets to singing and just can't contain themselves. And says, well, amen. Well, I like it. There's a few that still like the glory. I want you to hear me right here. You can have a dead, dried up church all you want to. I hadn't got no time for it. This world has enough deadness in everything therein Monday through Friday. When they walk up in the house of God, choir, when you open your mouth, you ought to sing to the top of your lungs. Right before you sing, you ought to say to yourself, God use me as an instrument for you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no replacement for choir singing. I love to hear family sing. I heard a family this week, and you're going to love them. They play bluegrass, Brother Randy. 
one girl plays the guitar and, 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 and one plays a mandolin and, and um, uh, one plays a fiddle and, and their boy plays, he plays something and the daddy plays a mandolin and a mama plays an upright. Man, I'm telling you, they a blessing. They a blessing. You're going to love them when they get here. But I heard them this week, man, I'm telling you, it's good. I heard old brother Jimmy Caldwell sing this week, man, it's good. I heard old Jared sing this week, and man, it was good. C.T. and Becky sung, and it was good. But can I tell you something? When the choir sung, there's just something about people being together in unity and uplifting their voices. Tell you something, I long for the glory. I long for the glory. I, can I just put, I gotta have the glory. Now hear me right here. The glory don't always mean you're standing on the pew shout. The glory may be a complete silence. Friday morning, we was in the glory. As holy as anything I've ever been in for an hour Friday morning. They wasn't nobody running the aisles. They wasn't nobody singing. They wasn't nobody shouting. They wasn't nobody moderating the service. All you could hear was moans and groans around the altar. And preachers locking arms, begging God to do something. And it was the glory. So understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying every time we walk in the church doors, we're going to hang off the chandeliers and shout the roof down. But every time we walk in the church doors, it can be the glory. I long for it. I long for uh, Go with me somewhere. I'm done, but go with me. Second Chronicles. Go with me Second Chronicles. I made mention of this this morning. But look, he said, If my people, verse 14, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and, and, and will heal their land. And you know, we preach that all the time in revival. There's nothing wrong with that. I... I, I I may preach it this week in revival. I don't know, but we preach that all the time in revival. But I want you to understand something. The context of that scripture right there, those people didn't need revival. Those people were in revival. Go to verse 1. Let me show you something. Go to verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. And don't sound like they need revival. That sounds like revival just broke out. The fire of God fell. The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the what? Everybody still trying to get there. I'll give you a minute. Second Chronicles 7 verse number 2 or verse number 1. The latter portion of it says this. And the, what's the next word? Glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord was filled. The house, look at this, the Lord's house. Look, look, watch this. The priest, the preacher. I'm not going out there because it's cold and I'm soaking wet and I'll be sick. But look, this is the door to the church. Wait a minute. Over here's the door. The priest, the preacher got to the door of the tabernacle and said, Whew. Whew. It's a holy in there. 
I'm about to make a lap back through yonder. It's a holy in there. They so much glory in there. They so much God in there. I'm afraid to even go in there. When was the last time we got to a church and opened the door? And when we stepped across the threshold, we went, whew. Yeah. And we stepped back out and went, whew. Y'all remember that movie War Room? I'm trying to shut up. Y'all remember? I, I might not. Y'all remember that mo- movie War Room? Anybody remember that? And, and whenever that lady sold her house, that preacher come to buy it, and he got to her war room, and he stepped in and went. And then he went, we'll take it. We'll take it. And his wife said, well now honey, and, 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 and the real estate lady started talking, and he said this, somebody has been praying in this room. Let me tell you what it was. The glory was still lingering. Now I know that was Hollywood, but it's good preaching right now. The glory was still lingering. That's what he was saying. And what would happen next Sunday? What happened Wednesday night? Is if when you walked through the doors, you brought the glory with you. And when the sinner stepped in, there was so much of a drawing of the Holy Ghost that they couldn't stop and sit down. That they just fell in an altar and got saved. That priest said, man, it's too, there's, there's so much glory in there. Look at this, verse 2. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because what? The glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the, uh, upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement, and worshipped. Hear me. I'm trying to hush. But hear me. The glory will always put you on your face. Yeah, you may shout a little while, then end up putting you on. What happened Friday morning? The glory put everybody in that church on their face in an altar. I'm talking about there's 150 people prostrate out all over that church. You say, I thought y'all went to a leadership conference. We learned a lot about leadership. When the glory falls, you just lay down and go to praying. That's what they did. They Look what he said. Look what he said. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. So that verse is not, they're wicked and vile and need to get right with God. That verse in its proper context is this. They're in the glory. And God says for you to continue to live in the glory, you're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to seek my face. And you're going to have to continue to turn from your wicked ways. Then I'll continue to bless you with the glory. You want me to tell you the reason the glory ain't here the way it was in 2016? It's because we quit doing verse 14. But I believe there's a remnant that's left.
that's saying, one more time, God. One more time, God. Show us your glory. One more time. Victoria would have been three in 2016. She was three when the Foothills Revival took place. She probably don't remember much of the Foothills Revival. Madeline and Olivia remembers the Foothills Revival well. But can I just say something to you tonight? I want her to experience it. Addie probably don't remember much of the Foothills Revival because she was too young. You know what? I want her to experience it. Jacob and Elijah probably don't remember a whole lot of the Foothills Revival. Boy, I do. Every night but one. Wasn't it every night but one? Miss Bridget was at that meeting. Every night but one. I still got the pictures back on our computer of her with a little hand raised and Josh standing up shouting in the glory. Some of my last memories of Miss Bridget. You said, Preach, what are you say? It's time that we go to longing for that again. I love the glory. I love my Bible. I love to win souls. But I tell you what we need tonight. A few of us that's left, we need to go longing for revival. I thought about this. March Madness is going to be an exciting month. Come start playing. It's going to be exciting. That excitement was in the air this morning as kids was going to their classes. Man, I've been excited about it. All my team, we're going to get together after service. Don't run off and we're going to take our picture together in our Sunday school class. And I'm going to post that we're the best team in the world on our church's Facebook page. Because the, I'm the admin. If anything, any of you other two or three that's admin changes anything, you will be deleted from me and the admin. Because I am the chief daddy admin. <laughs> it all runs out of my account. And I had to change that password tonight because you got the password to that. Okay, I'll just post it on my page. But look at this. It's going to be an exciting month. It is. It's going to be exciting. Man, I'm slammed this month. We started at Oasis this, this starting the month off, and I don't slow down to July. But I am excited about the month of March at Amazing Grace. The choir tonight singing. And this morning, there's just an excitement in the air. There's just an excitement in the air. We're going to close out the end of the month with a big cookout on that Sunday night. We're going to fellowship together and, 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 we're all praying that app wins. We're going to have a good time. And you know what's going to happen the first day of the month of April? There's going to be an old preacher man. He's not old with the same age, but there's going to be a preacher man from Georgia going to drive up here April the 1st. And you know what's going to happen that Monday night of April the 1st? We're going to have revival at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. We're going to have revival. God worked it out where we could roll out of March Madness right into revival. And let me tell you what we need to pray. That God allows that enthusiasm to drive us to our knees to long for the move of God one more time in our midst. You know the way part of us is going to close that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday out in March? 
We're going to close it out on the Escape to the Mountain Men's Prayer Retreat. We're going to close it out up there on the side of the mountain, praying, begging God one more time to breathe on us. Let me tell you what we need right here. We got the greatest church here. I, I, I said, Brother Mike and Miss Angie Edwards, they was so, I mean, Amy Edwards was such a blessing to my wife and I this week. So, they was just a breath of fresh air to us. We got to spend a lot of time with them, and y'all are going to get to meet them. And, and, and you're going to love them. We're going to get them to come do a session on communications with our church. It's, it's awesome, isn't it? Y'all sit in on that this week. It's awesome, isn't it, Brother Jonathan? We're going to get them to come do that for us here at the church. And you know, I sat with him on Friday at lunch. We went out to eat lunch, just he and his wife and Miss Leslie and I. And Miss Leslie will agree with what I'm fixing to say. I never said one negative thing about our church. Every pastor I talked to this week, an evangelist I talked to, I said, I pastor the greatest church around. My church loves me and my family. Our church is a great church, but you want me to tell you what we need? We need another move of God. We need to long for revival. And when you get down and you get out and you get discouraged and you think, well, I'm the only one left, there's still a few around that loves that book right there. There's still a few around. I sure am glad that God let mine and Brother Ryan and his dear wives pass cross. Let me tell you the reason why. Because I found out there's still a few around that loves that book right there. That loves that book right there. He stood up the other day at their sheriff's office and done devotions. He's an officer also. He stood up and done devotions at our sheriff's office the other day. And I watched people that I've prayed for for years begin to break. And at 11 o'clock Wednesday night, one of them was on the phone with me. Let me tell you the reason why. Because he loves that book. I'm not the only one. We're not the, we're not the only ones left. They still some along this journey that loves that book. They still some along this journey that labors for souls. They still some along this journey that is longing for revival and loves the glory. What we need is just to find ourselves out before God, saying, God, would you do it one more time for us? They still a few left. I'm glad I'm one of them. I'm glad you're one of them.